welcome back to Savage to Say with me, D. Good. This is a podcast for the modern day Christian woman looking to find God's hand in her past and show how she's grown from it in the present. Almost forgot what I was going to say next. We're in season two. (laughs) We're in season two. So um, this is going to be a very, very short season. And I'm okay with that because I didn't stay in Arizona for as long as I stayed everywhere else. But um, sometimes the shortest experiences teach you the most. And even though I only have two episodes for season two, I plan to make them count. And I plan to talk about issues that really need to be discussed and show people a way on how to get through those issues. But neither here nor there. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, I was advised from a classmate of mine to stop reading. So I'm gonna stop reading. I'm gonna stop the reading process. I mean, I may glance at it every once in a while, but I'm gonna stop reading. And I'm just gonna talk. And if you agree with any part of what I'm saying, Just put a thumbs up in the comments below. Or if you wanna say hi, just say hello. Um, I interact, definitely I interact. I've been kinda off my A game this past week because my schedule is just crazy now. (laughs) Now I know what the a busy black woman feels like and I have been doing everything I can to help myself spiritually, uh, physically, emotionally, and mentally. I've been really working on me and getting me together and over time you will definitely see the difference. Okay, so like I said, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna have a conversation right now and if I ask a few questions, don't be alarmed. I'm not talking to myself, I'm actually talking to you. So just get used to the new format. All right, so we are gonna start with May 27, 2008. And this whole chapter is called Arizona. The only thing I can think about that plays over and over in my head is me driving this big U-Haul for the first time from California to Arizona and looking at the side rearview mirror and seeing the hues of blue, orange, and yellow as the sun set behind me as I was leaving California and heading to Arizona. In California, I was involved with a lot of things. I was leaving behind the swingers lifestyle because I would have been deep in that if I had stayed. I also would have stayed with someone who was not gonna give me anything in terms of a relationship and that's the one thing I really wanted from this person and although I loved and I cared deeply for this person I knew that he wasn't gonna change because I'm hesitant to say this but this is my transparency it's hard to kick the term sidekick or not sidekick. It's hard to kick the term side chick. It's hard to disassociate yourself 
from a side chick when that's all you've accepted in the past. Yes, I've been in relationships, yeah. But when I couldn't have the full person, there's a singer, her name is Betty Wright. She says, I'd rather have half a man than have than not have the whole man. And I disagree with that in my present life because my standards have upped. But back then, I could relate to that. I'd rather have half a man if I can't have the whole man. And we get so conditioned to think that it's normalized and it's normal and it's okay, when in fact, it's not. It's another form of settling. So, I was leaving him behind and it pained me. It did, because he was like, my ace like that was my that was my dude that was that was Nathan you know so I left him behind and I also had a roster so I had guys that <laughs> that I was uh, leaving behind especially one he was Hispanic and he adored me adored me but he came to terms one day and told me that he couldn't marry me because I'm not a Latina. And he didn't even stop there. He said, I can't marry you, be you because you're not a Latina. And if I were to be with you, we would have a secret family. I would buy you a house. I'd buy you a BMW. I'd buy you whatever car you wanted. I'd take care of you. I'd come, I'd be at the house every night. We'd have our kids and... <sighs> and being young, I accepted it. But he was a hypocrite because he told me that I'm not Latina, I'm too black to be married to, but then he also told me that I'm not black enough. He told me that I needed to be more ghetto. I needed to be more hood. I needed to be the stereotypical black girl and that bruised my ego a little bit and it, it messed with it messed with my image of myself and I didn't realize that for so long because over the years I would learn that people would try to test my blackness all the time because I wasn't loud because I wasn't obnoxious I'm like my mama she passed down her gentleness to me and I think that's where people fall in love when it comes to me. But you can't say that that's a negative thing and want me to be more hood and more ghetto and ready to fight and ready to pop off at the mouth. Oh, I can do it. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, I could do it. But I just chose not to go that route with him. So I was leaving him behind because I knew, it wasn't even that I knew God had better for me. It was just, I was tired of entering all these situationships and nothing coming to fruition. They say the fruit of the spirit, like I wasn't, there was no fruit being produced from this, nothing. Especially since I was still very sexually active with these two guys. God had said, nah, you done. California is a no-go for you. And I felt that God was removing me from my version of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now look, 
I'm not saying that California is Sodom and Gomorrah in itself because California is a beautiful place. Anywhere you go, it is is what you make it. And if Sodom and Gomorrah, if California was Sodom and Gomorrah to me because of the activities I participated in, then that's what California was to me. I had to go. God had dried up my money. My job was under, like everybody in the company was under investigation. People were getting fired and people were getting hours cut. And I didn't have, I was running out of money. I didn't have nowhere to stay anymore because I couldn't pay my rent. I couldn't pay my car note. I couldn't pay anything. And I don't even think I had a car note because I had that day book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers me driving around in this Daewoo. That was my very first car. But um, God was like, it's time to go. There's nothing for you out here anymore. You have utilized all the resources in California. Now it's time to go. And the reason I thought that it was time to go is because the way I had to move out was rushed. It was very fast it was very quick I was living with Lydia and Lydia and her sister had asked me if I wanted to go to Texas with them because they was going to Dallas so I said yeah I was with it I was ready but when they packed up the truck it was full and there was no room for my stuff so I had to say goodbye to my best friend at the time who had become my family and I was out there, I had to figure out how I was gonna make this work. So I had to quickly get a U-Haul truck. I had to pack up all my stuff by myself. And then I had to go to the storage unit and pack up all the stuff from the storage unit, close out that account. And as I was packing up my stuff and because I was by myself, people was going onto my truck, stealing stuff out of the truck. I had a computer that my mother had and it had memories of Xavier when he was a baby. They took the computer, they took the Xbox at the time, they took everything, not everything, they took mostly everything. And I had to deal with it. There was nothing I could do about it. I had to, I had to go. So um, I pack up the truck and I venture out and I drive. And I'm passing all these cities, Indigo, Palm Springs. And it just feels like a cleansing experience. It feels like a cleansing, like something is just washing over me. And there's a calm as I'm driving. Yes, I had music, but there was a calm to the whole move. And I felt God's presence with me because I was terrified. I was driving to U-Haul for the first time into a whole new state. So I didn't know what to expect. I, you know, cars break down on the road all the time. I just didn't know. So, I get to Arizona. So this is something I'm gonna share because I had this revelation recently and people probably already know this, but this is my revelation. This is how it came to me. Um, I got to Arizona and I was happy to see my grandma and my little brother. And 
<laughs> I start unpacking my stuff to get the U-Haul back to the place to drop it off or whatever the case may be. The first thing I do, I get online and I start looking for people because I have moved to Santan Valley. <sighs> when I say suburban life, I mean everybody out there had families, everybody out there was in relationships, everybody was married, everybody, everybody was like, it was like family houses. And when I got online, I met this one guy, or I saw this one guy online, and he wasn't my type. But I was thinking, how desperate are you? How desperate are you to get this off, to get this monkey off my back? How desperate are you? So I said, no, I don't know him. I'm not gonna put myself out there for that. I was in agony when I moved into Arizona. Although it was a brand new start, God, not even God, but there, there are things that we do. The only example I can think of right now is like smoking, nicotine. So you smoke one cigarette, it might be easier for you to quit. You smoke three cigarettes, it might be a little bit more challenging. You smoke seven cigarettes in one day. Oh, that baby's gonna be hard to quit, hard to quit. And I didn't realize that that's how sex acted as well. I was involved with so many sexual acts. I had gone through so much sexually that when it came time for me to stop, I couldn't stop. And it wasn't even that I couldn't stop. I just felt like this enormous urge, like sickening. Like I understand teenagers go through hormones. This wasn't that. This wasn't that. This was like a bondage, like something that just had a hold of me. And in order for me to make that urge disappear, I needed to release and I wasn't releasing. And I had gone through this thing where I had bought toys, thrown them away because God says toys are bad. And I had bought this and threw it away. So I had nothing that I could do. And I had all this nervous sexual energy and it was disgusting. I hated every moment of it. I was in agony in, New York, in um, Arizona when I first moved out there. Because the person that I had slept, and no, let's not mention, the per last person I had slept with before I left Arizona? Made it hard for me to kick the habit because I had also fallen in love. I was, it was very hard to kick the habit. Very, very hard to kick the habit. And I couldn't, there was nothing I could do about it. People say, yeah, you can use your hands. Da, 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 da. No, I wasn't that kind of girl. I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> if we're being 1,000, I was way too lazy for that. Like, no, I don't, I don't need to do that. But it made my new beginning hard. And I was, I was scared because I didn't know what next step God wanted me to take. 
I just knew that I had to get to Arizona and I needed to get out of California. And a lot of people ask me, how did you leave? Easy. I realized that I was more important than the things that I was settling for. Not just that, I realized that a change has to happen in order for my life to not be stagnant anymore. The beauty of Arizona is when I was in California, I was in a relationship with a guy and I had gained a bunch of weight because I was in love. Yes, people gain weight being in love because they sit, they eat, they sit, they eat, they don't work out, they sit, they eat, and they, and they have sex. Like that's just how my relationships went or that specific relationship and that's how it went. And when we broke up, I had lost, I had worked out. I went across the street to the park from my apartment and I worked out a lot. And um, I lost like 28 pounds and I was looking good. So I set out, <laughs> I set out like with a great start. Was it scary? Yes. Will it change you? Yes. It will change you for the better. And a lot of people, they think because they stay like a, they stay close to home or they stay at home, they, they're scared to venture out because it's the unknown. The un unknown is what got me to move. I was curious about the unknown. I don't know what's out there, but I wanna see what God has for me out there. And yes, I was sick and it led to a lot of moves, more than the average person. But I'm glad I did it. Because now, well, number one, it taught me to meet people where they were. It taught me to meet people where they were. And I met so many awesome people and I met some bad people too, but I met some awesome phenomenal people that became like my family. So when I go back to those states or I go back to those places, I can feel love. And when I go back to California again, cause I already went to Cali, but when I go back to California again, it's gonna be love. It has, there, there's no, it's no other option. It's going to be love. I mean, I may have a little hate, but God, thank you for the good. Thank you for the bad. Flowers can't grow with just sunshine. Flowers can't grow without the rain. So thank you, God, for the rain and the sun. Because I know people going to hate, and that's a part of life, and I get that. But the scripture that I think of when I think of venturing out and trying something new is Philippians, this looks bad. Philippians 4.13, maybe. <laughs> I'm trying here, but you know, the, you, know the, you know where I'm going with this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things, not some things. All things. I've moved to seven states in my life from my 20s to now, and I'm still standing. I shouldn't be, but I'm still standing. 
and God has not left me, nor has he forsaken me. I get my, I get in my moments where I get into my feelings and it's hard for me to see my way out. But little by little, I turn to prayer. Little by little. Every time something doesn't go my way, I start automatically talking to God, even if it's not in prayer form, because sometimes I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. And I hope you do this too. Like, let's say I don't get my paycheck on time. First thing out of my mouth is, now God, I know you told me that I got to be patient, but I need this money to pay this bill and they're going to cut this off. And that's what my brain automatically does. But guess what? I'm still talking to God. That is still a form of prayer. And your prayer can move mountains. Being in the desert in Arizona, every time I went there was like being in the wilderness. Because it's a desert. And I think those were my wilderness moments. I mean, sometimes in in here or in New York, sometimes I have my wilderness moments too, but that served its purpose, me living in Arizona. I had to learn things about myself that I wouldn't have faced and I would have replaced it with sex to like take my mind off the fact that I needed to deal with a serious issue. So I'm going to say this one more again, and I'm probably wrong with the verse. I'm sorry. Don't shoot me. I'm trying to go off memory. And if I said it right, praise God. But if I didn't say it right, <laughs> feel free to correct me. It's all good. It's all good. And tell me about a time where you felt like you wanted to move and you didn't do it. Or you decided to venture out and it turned out well, or it didn't turn out so well. Life is funny that way. It doesn't always go the way we planned. All of my moves have not been successful moves, but it taught me when to hold them and when to fold them, when to throw in the towel and to move on to the next place and not spend too much time, no matter who's there. Now, if I had gotten married, then sure, I'm all for it, but I hadn't gotten married, so. Is nothing really holding me to any place that I'm living in, which is a freedom. Once again, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you ever feel like you want to venture out and you want to move somewhere else and you want to prepare a new start? It's worth it. And you got to take the good with the bad. Because once again, a flower can't just grow without rain and it can't just grow without sun. All right. Told you it was going to be short. Very, very, very short. <laughs> so even though it's like 23 minutes, it's all good. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I'm going to post this on YouTube. I'm going to post it on my Instagram as well. And I'm going to do snippets on my Instagram. If you want to add a comment, if you want to say hi, D, or you want to say I listened or whatever the case may be, just let me know. We're we going to go with this new format where I'm just telling you a story and I'm just talking to you and we're going to see how this progresses. I thank God for the person that told me I needed to stop reading. I like criticism. I like constructive criticism. So thank you to Red Carpet Curls. Um, 
You can find me on Instagram under Soulful Song and a page, my Savage to Save page. And you can also find me on Facebook under D Good and my Savage to Save page on Facebook as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you for your time and you have a blessed and wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye. Oh, I don't know how to turn this off. Ha, 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 ha.